Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Let's turn to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verse 6. And we'll get started this morning. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Let's say this together. Ready? Read. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I want to talk about this idea today from Proverbs 22.6 and maybe expound on some things. And if you want a title this morning... It's this, love will find their way. Now, many of us maybe have heard that saying, love will find a way. But I just was thinking about a title, and I thought, this is perfect. Love will find their way. Amen? Say their way. So back in 2009, um, I was in a band uh, with Pete and um, a blues band. We had a great time together. Um, we, he shared some great stories the other night about just being on the road and the things we did. But in 2009, uh, we had the honor and privilege to go on a USO tour, and we were able to play for the troops, which was pretty amazing. Uh, we were in Japan and South Korea, and um, in, I believe it was in, was it Japan or Korea that were the hardship tours, which would mean that they would be separated from their family for up to a year. Is that Korea? Okay, I should have looked right at you, Sarah. No, but, but, but it was it was it was so awesome and humbling because we would play these shows at these little bars and clubs on bases, and they would come up and just be like, "Thank you so much." It's like you would just bring a, a part of home to them and minister to them. I'm thinking, well, thank you. You know, I'm humbled even by that, and so we just had a great time. But I would say. Uh, you know, through this amazing time, out of the two places, my favorite was South Korea. I mean, the Korean people were so kind, uh, just so receptive, so welcoming. And we just had such a great time uh, with, with the people there as well. Not just the troops, but we would go through the town. We, man, you might have seen, has anyone been to Seoul, Korea? Well, Pete and I, okay. Cool. Let's have a conversation, Pete. Well, has anyone seen it on TV? Yeah huge town, amazing place. We were like, we got to go out at night. And we did. And it was just like lights and just, it was crazy. So uh, we're going around and we were starving. I mean, we, we were hungry. I think it was after a show and we had gotten back to the hotel and it was late and, and everything was open in Seoul, Korea. So we're walking down the street and we look up the street and we see a sign that says Pizza Hut. I'm like, come on. I mean, you're in Seoul, Korea. Why try their food when you can get Pizza Hut, right? <laughs> True Americans right there. And so we, we go to Pizza Hut. We sit down. We're like, dude, this is so cool. We're like, man, they got pan pizzas. They've got wings. So we ordered wings. We got a deep dish, a large deep dish pan pizza. And we got some breadsticks. But I want to show a picture. I actually looked this picture up. This is the large pizza. And that's Pete's hand, which are naturally very big. But that is a large pizza. So I remember we got this large pizza, and we were just... We looked at it, we looked at each other, and we just lost it. We were cracking up. I think we were still hungry when we left after the wings and the breadsticks. Because, you know, here you get wings and they're just falling out of the, the basket. There it was like, oh, we got four wings. Great, great. Apparently they believe in portions there. And our large breadstick wasn't much bigger than the pizza. But I, we just had some great times, didn't we, Pete? But since then, I've, 
I've you know studied some things about Korea and just looked kind of into their history. And I read an article. Uh, did you know that Korea is one of the most highly educated countries in the world? They really put an emphasis on education and learning, but I really think it comes at a price. There's, there's a common saying in Korea. It's this. If you sleep three hours a night, you may get into a top sky university. If you sleep four hours each night, you may get into another university. Listen to this. If you sleep five or more hours each night, especially in your last year of high school, forget about getting into any university. Now, these are children. How many know children need sleep? How many believe in science? Four of us. That's great. It's kind of like math. Two plus two is four. Science has proven a lot of things. And one is we need sleep. And they're willing in a society like this to give up sleep. Think about this. Between the intensely rigorous public and private education, the additional tutoring, the intensive additional self-study, I've got to learn, I've got to learn, I've got to learn. Is it any wonder that children in this society struggle with any sense of self that's not related to test scores and personal performances? But I'd like to add this, that I don't believe that America or any westernized civilization is much better or doing much better. I think we're in this performance mode society. How many agree with that? And so it becomes this atmosphere of pursuing education, pursuing success and progress, and dare I say possibly at the expense of our children's souls. I'm not talking about their eat eternity or their salvation, but I'm talking about their peace of mind. I'm talking about maybe having a life that's stress-free, maybe finding their true passions and their true callings in life. Maybe in some ways we've got it wrong. As a, as a world system, especially those of us in Western systems, maybe we've got it wrong. And what got me to thinking about this whole idea was our child dedications last week. It was just awesome. I mean, we haven't dedicated child in, in several years, and, and so we had two. It was a bonus, and it was amazing. Two for one, two in one family. It was great. But it really got me to thinking about my own children. You know, we've had four kids, and uh, we've, we've dedicated them all in services just like we had last week. And there's an importance to that where we say, Lord, I want to raise my child in the right way. I believe the best word to put is it's intentional. And I would say this, intentional means we have good intentions. But maybe sometimes through society, we've gotten off base, we've gotten off track. And so I want to talk about that. You know, we have four children, three boys and, and one girl. Uh, we have six grandchildren now, which is kind of wild. But what I've found is that each one of those four has a very different life path. And it's not till, you know, later in my years, 49, going to be 50 soon, and I'm starting to see, wow, maybe people are created different for a reason. Maybe the same system doesn't work for everyone. Does that make sense? And so in light of this, you know, you may think, well, man, he's got that parenting thing down. He's got four kids. He's got six grandchildren. You may feel inclined to ask me questions like, hey, can you give me some helpful tips in raising children? My answer is no. 
But, but really, here would be my truthful answer. Anything that I tell you will most likely be about 70% true. And it's not because I'm lying with 30%. It's because I'm still learning. And it's because you're asking me about your child. My child's not like your child. My child's better. I'm just, I'm, I'm just kidding. That just came to mind. I let it come out of my mouth. It's sometimes I have this filter issue. But, but how many know that our children, they're just built different? Even our own kids. You're like, why does he react like that and she doesn't or vice versa? It's just how it is with our children. My point is this, is that raising kids isn't a one-size-fits-all prescription. And so you can ask me and we can talk and we can dialogue about different ideas and things. And I'll tell you, I have learned a lot and I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I have kids that are in their 30s and I'm still learning how to parent correctly in ways that can find who they are and what they're about and how they tick and not force them into my mold. How many parents know that's easy to do sometimes? And so Proverbs 22.6, it's just one of those really famous verses that we use Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Unfortunately, I just had to break the news to you. I touched on this last week, and it's just been rolling around in my heart all week, is that it's really not a good translation of the original Hebrew language. I would say this, though, that the interpretation that we get from the English translation would fit better within our Western performance slash success orientation, right? It's all about this idea because we would read it and we thought, well, this meant that there was a way, a way. I'm doing my, am I doing that right, Jeremy? A way. Yeah. There's a way to train a child and that's the right way. So if we could collectively agree on the way, say the way, come on, give me some air quotes. I want to see them. Raise your hands high. (laughs) Not like this, but air quotes. There you go. But we thought if we could collectively come up with the way, the right way, then our children should be molded then by that definition. How many would agree with that? That's kind of what I thought. But think about this. And I heard someone make this quote and this statement, and it was just, it blew my mind. So hopefully it blows yours too. Think about this. Our focus has been on the way and not on the child. I'll say it again, because we're a, one of those churches. Our focus has been on the way, not on the child. And I'm just as guilty as this. As I was covering and going over this and praying, I'm like, Lord, you're reading my mail here. I mean, this is even, even being the age I am and having kids who are older, I still sometimes find myself trying to put them into a mold that I believe is the right way to do. Now, listen, I'm... I completely agree with, I mean, we should teach that it's, it's good to be truthful and have integrity and keep your word. I mean, come on, those are common principles, right? Be honest. Uh, your name is so important. If you lose your name, if, if no one can trust you and who you are, then your name means nothing. I understand all that. But sometimes our children are built in such a way that we, we can't even see the way, or I'm sorry, we see the way so much we're not even seeing their way or the child's way. And so we've seen in the last couple of centuries that children are purposed for production. They become hamsters on the wheel, uh, cogs in the machine of prosperity and progress. And, and I see that education 
has become that singularly most powerful tool of child rearing. Now, let me say this. I believe education is important. Our kids should know how to read and write, right? I mean, uh, sometimes, like, I, sometimes I don't even know if they teach cursive anymore. Like, if you have to do cursive, I'm like, wow, what? All the parents are like, you know, it's because we had to write so much in cursive to our hands cramped, right? But to write something, I mean, there were times where I would catch my kids doing that, you know, the double tap on the function button and just say stuff in the computer. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, you need to learn how to write this stuff. So they need to learn how to write, how to read. You should be able to do basic math. Two plus two equals chicken, right? I mean, something. But I think sometimes what we don't realize is that these systems only work for particular children with particular personalities. And unfortunately, what happens and listen, I love school teachers. I love that we have, you know, a system where kids can actually get education. I mean, we sponsor children in Africa who our sponsorship helps them get education and, and get food and things like that. We're very blessed. But what happens sometimes is children who aren't into the book thing doesn't mean they're not smart. There's a lot of people who, like, if we're going by, you know, I guess measurements are multimillionaires and weren't very good in school. They just have very creative minds. They learn differently. And so what happens is sometimes uh, these systems will label a child as a problem because they can't, well, look at little Johnny. I mean, graduated with honors and they got all these things. And that's great. I think we should celebrate that. But that doesn't mean that the other kid is a fool. Maybe they learn differently, which makes me wonder as a parent, maybe... I should be rearing them differently. Because how many know it's a lot easier to just have, here's the baseline, here's what we do, we're just going to do it this way. Instead of going, hmm, there's some hard work involved in here. I, I do think it's kind of interesting, and, and I kind of like how things are shifting somewhat. Uh, Ethan, uh, so proud of him, graduated this year uh, from high school. But we went to his high school orientation and, you know, it was in the, the main auditorium and they had this whole presentation we were watching. And it was interesting. They said that they used to recommend college for all kids, but now they're not. And you're like, whoa, college, for, if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, we understand that. Uh, but the trades, they're really pushing the trades. Now, I think it's great they're shifting. It's probably because they can't find a plumber or electrician anymore. But we've lost out on trades. We have so many kids who have these pieces of paper and aren't even working in their field. And we've lost certain people in the trades. And so I think it's cool that we're slowly changing to that. But again, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The Hebrew scripture actually doesn't say anything like this. Here's a good, I'd say a better translation. I'm going to put this on the screen. Train up a child in his or her way the way that is their way, and when they are old, they will live naturally within that way. I like the Hebrew language. Doesn't that just shift things a little bit in your mind? You're like, wow. Because again, we thought with great intentions in something, listen, you never throw the baby out with the bathwater. I've seen people who have you know, I don't like the word deconstructed from religious ideas, but sometimes they deconstruct so much they lose all their faith. I, I like the word reconstruction 
or renovations even better because if I renovate my kitchen and I pull out the sink, my wife wants a new one in place of the old, right? You put in new in place of the old. And so as we renovate, we keep some of the things, but then we put new things in. But look at train up a child in his or her way. Say his or her way. The way that is their way. Say their way. And I love this. And when they are old, they will live naturally. Some people aren't living naturally within who they are because they've been told their life with good intentions, we want you to do this. Sometimes as parents, we want to live vicariously through our children. Maybe they can accomplish the things that I didn't. And again, it's not a bad thing like we're trying to, you know, I want to use my children, but sometimes we are and don't realize it. We have to find their way. Again, it's not that the intentions are inherently bad, but what if we aren't supposed to apply the same techniques to all our children? Maybe one at best, but not all of them. In my case, not all four. Think about this. Every single child comes into the world and brings with them their way. I was just meditating on this today. I'm like, wow. And, you know, for me anyway, I think my personality is I'm a perfectionist. And so when you think these things through, you, you tend to get down on yourself. Well, man, I messed up. I screwed up. I, but is it really ever too late? But this thought that every child comes into the world and brings with them their own way. Think about this. Their way may not be your way. Maybe their way is so different than your way that you don't understand their way. And maybe you butt heads along the way. I know that's a lot of ways. But I really want us to get this this morning. Whether we're parents or not. And and, and I'll tell you why here in a little bit. But as I got meditating on this this morning, I thought, wow, to be honest, your child, when they're born, they don't even know what that way is. I mean, they're trying to figure out what's going on in life at one and two and three and four and five. And so as parents, as mentors, as teachers, think about this. We are invited into the sacred trust of helping each of them discover what that way is. We get to do this. A way that will be a unique expression of who they are, right? a unique expression of who they will become as a person. And let me say this, as I'm, even right now as I'm saying this, I know that this requires another depth of thoughtfulness. We have to be mindful, right? It takes mindfulness uh, to consider the mystery of your child, who they are, how they tick, what they're about, to consider their way. I mean, think about this. Everything has beauty, but not everyone sees it. And so sometimes we have to do the hard work of seeing the beauty within that child. Listen, when my children were born, I mean, I, I, I don't know how many times I've told this story, but it was just, I can't explain the emotional feeling. I can't. It, to hold the newborn child in your hands for the first time, and, and I thought this, I thought, there's no way I can feel that much love a second time. There's no way. But I did. I don't know how it happened. But everything within me was just, it was love. I will do anything for you. And then they turned two. 
in unconditional love says, I will do anything for you. See, sometimes we have to look past those actions. Maybe our children are just trying to find their way. And there's so many times I think I've squelched that way because I had a way that I wanted them to be. Now, I'm not talking about disrespect. I'm not talking about rebellion. There's things we have. Listen, it's hard work to identify the difference, right? There's questions, and then there's stop questioning me, right? There, there's, there's differences. And so I think it's important that we see and understand this. Everything has beauty, but not everyone sees it. This is certainly true when we're, I believe, blinded by the need to be successful as determined by the systems, you know, that demand performance. They demand this, this strict, you know, uh, requirement to um, submit to this idea. Uh, the, the standards have judgments, right, in, in ways that they should go. And so we have to be careful. I'm okay with standards. That's fine. But sometimes if we're not careful, we can push our kids into molds. Uh, sometimes I think our kids develop personality traits a lot like ours. Oh, he's just like you. Well, at one point, maybe he wasn't. Talking about me. I mean, these are things that, that we experience, and, and sometimes things can rub off because as parents, we can squelch who our kids are and, and not let them be the fullness of who they are, right? This isn't like a condemnation session. I'm just saying this truthfully can happen, and so we need to be aware of this. And so there are many techniques and perspectives that will help in raising a child, but think about this. Uh, one may apply to your child while another may not. But I do believe that as parents and as mentors and teachers, you know, in those moments, especially when we dedicate our children to the Lord, we're choosing in those moments to join with God to create a being who will change the world, who will change the cosmos. I love that word in the Greek. By their very presence, not by their performance. See, there's certain people, do you, have you ever known anyone that when they walk into a room, the atmosphere changes. I'm not for the positive. There's peace. There's love. There's a grace. There's something there. See, even for me, I have to get to a place where I see that as more important than my child's performance. Sure, there's certain standards. There's certain things. I know in school, you got to get at least like, is it a C minus or D plus? Whatever. I mean, get through it. But more importantly, because if you can read and write and do some arithmetic, I don't know how those are the three R's. I thought it was arithmetic, but anyway. If you got the basics down, that's great. If you're not going to be a physicist, you probably don't have to know much more than multiplication, division. But what about their heart? What about their way? What about who they are? See, I believe that in the heart of every parent, because this isn't just me as a parent speaking. I believe this is just an innate thing. This is how we respond. We have this desire to celebrate our children, to celebrate their way. But to do so sometimes will challenge the ways and the reasons that we do what we do. And so even now, I mean, I have children who are 30 and my youngest is still 11 and sometimes we get a little tired. It's funny, you know, I had the same question for my dad. I'm like, man, how does Jeremy get away with that stuff? And he's like, son, I'm just tired. 
and now I use it with Aiden. Jonathan, I'm just tired, man, okay? <laughs> you turned out great, though, Jeremy. You're awesome. But sometimes it will change the ways and the reasons that we do what we do. And so my question this morning is, can we find the courage to participate with Holy Spirit? To take great joy in this process with our children. And I think there's one small change that we can make. I heard someone make this statement. I thought, man, this is powerful. And, you know, I wish I would remember this in the midst of every circumstance and, circumstance and conversation with my children. But I love what they said. They said, rather than answer the question your child asks, ask them another question. I was like, wow. In fact, I thought about that. That's usually what Jesus did. When Jesus was asked a question, I always thought, dude, here it comes. He's going to ask you a question right back. But what happens is it, it engages you. It causes you to think. Sometimes think things all the way through, right? If you think about a question, is an invitation in the relationship. It wasn't that Jesus didn't want to answer the question. He wanted to invite that person into relationship. So a lot of times when our kids ask a question, maybe ask a question back saying, I want to invite you into a relationship with me. I mean, one question is worth a thousand answers. And I believe that their response will be a window into their soul. Their response to the situation will be a window into the uniqueness of who they are. I mean, how they think, how they tick. Uh, what, their, what their emotional world looks like. How many know some children could be extremely emotional? And for me, I'm, I, I can be, but I'm kind of closed off and I'm working on that. So sometimes I'm like, whoa, 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 let's, let's chill. But maybe let's chill isn't the right thing to say at that moment. Maybe I can ask a question to help bring some things out. And there's questions like, well, how do you think that works? Why do you think they said that to you? Here's a really good one, and actually, isn't it cool when you can learn from your kids? I learned this from my, my daughter-in-law, Alyssa. When one of the kids was having an emotional moment, sometimes, I'll just say, for me, a response is like, relax, you're going to be okay, everything's going to be okay, my intentions are good, but she asked this really awesome question. How did that make you feel? I'm like, dang, I just learned something. Because it's an opportunity. You're inviting them in the relationship to say, well, why do you feel that way? How, how did that make you feel in that situation so they can vocalize that? I said it a lot, but, but, you know, we wonder where midlife crisis comes in. We think suddenly someone's 55 and, the, you know, the guy gets rid of his wife and buys a brand new Corvette. You're like, whoa, that just happened. It didn't just happen. It was decades of pushing stuff down. And the soul is really, really deep, but it can only handle so much. And then eventually it manifests. You're like, whoa, what happened? About 40 years happened. About 50 years happened. So what if now we can help our kids to let stuff out and begin to process those emotions? Sometimes it's just answering their question by asking a question. See, questions open up the world for you, uh, for your child and our ever-growing relationship. Now, some of you here today might say, well, I've never had a child. I don't plan on having a child. 
um, or maybe my children are growing up, they've moved on, this really isn't for me, so I'm just going to shut off. Well, don't shut off, because to the parents here who have older children, uh, maybe they've moved out, they've moved on, I would say never stop trying to find their way. It's never too late. Maybe you're here this morning or you're listening online or later here hearing this message and you have, you know, an estranged relationship with your children or with a child because you maybe haven't seen eye to eye. You, you butted heads a lot and it seems like all is lost. Well, I'm here to say all isn't lost. We can start this process today. Maybe today is the day to take that first step in reconciliation. See, reconciliation is two ways, but I would submit to you that as parents, we're the ones that should initiate. We shouldn't wait for our kids to initiate forgiveness, reconciliation, uh, pursuing relationship. And so maybe today is the day to start that because, again, it's not over. It's never too late. It's never too late to let them know that they're loved unconditionally and in those moments, we can slowly but surely begin to find their way. Maybe we didn't when they were 5 and 10 and 15, but it's never too late to find their way. Find out who they are. Work within that true identity to help them become the best that God has created them to be. And, and for those of you who aren't parents, maybe you think, well, this message definitely isn't for me. I didn't even plan on having children, but... Let me just say this as I was meditating on this this morning. Something really dawned on me. It just came to me. What if we didn't just apply this idea to child rearing? But what if we applied this idea to all relationships? Uh, maybe we could actually take the time to sit with one another. And, and rather than trying to change them into what we think they should be, telling on myself. It's so easy to do. You ever sat across from the table, you're on the other end of a phone, and they're telling you their problems and their issues, and instantly you just want to give them the reasons or the 15 steps they can take to be the better them. It's the way that you see them rather than hearing them. What are we told? Be slow to speak and quick to hear. Sometimes, and again, telling on myself, I have to work on this. I find myself, someone's talking, and I'm already coming up with the next sentence, and it's like I've had to practice going, shut up, zip it, close your mouth, let there be at least a five-second pause here. Why? So you can hear what they're saying. See, you can hear words, or you can really hear the heart that's coming through when someone speaks. And so I've had to learn this. But what if we could take this approach? What if we didn't try to change them into what we think they should be? Maybe we took the time and we do the hard work. I say hard work because it is hard. Sometimes we're set in our ways, but the hard work of figuring out their way, figuring out who they are, what makes them tick, what they were made to be, who they were made to be, what their purpose is, would that change our conversations? What would that mean for our relationships? And I think about this, how much could that help someone else who doesn't even know who they are. They don't even know their way. And I'm talking about people who, listen, I've ran into people in their 50s 
who don't know who they are. And so they fill it with other, anything else they can. They, they try to project something they aren't. Why? Because they want to feel like they're someone. But they already are someone. They just don't see it. They don't know their authentic identity in Heavenly Father. And so maybe we can be the help in those moments. So again, quick to hear and slow to speak. Maybe we can help them begin the journey of becoming the best version of themselves. And again, to see their authentic identity in our Heavenly Father. You see, that's, that's the body that I desire. That's the church that I see. This is the face city that I see. All people from all walks of life beginning to work with one another, beginning to understand one another. Sometimes we just need a little bit of understanding, at least hear their side or their story, beginning to help one another find their way. See, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. Isn't it beautiful? And so I want to wrap up with the scripture in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. I love this in the Passion Translation. It really explains what we're talking about this morning. It says, so now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. The actual Aramaic translation would be, faithful is the one who sent us this message of hope. But look at verse 24. This is so cool. It says, discover creative ways to encourage one another and to motivate them toward acts of compassion. Look at this, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. And I do love the Aramaic translation here. The, the, the verbatim would be, let us look on one another with the excitement of love. Isn't that powerful? And I could say, it's not in every moment that I do this. See, child rearing is one thing, but to bring this over into all relationships, this is going to be hard work. This means I get to speak a little less, and I like to talk, speak a little less, and listen a little more. But I believe by, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do this. And there's plenty of times, I mean, you, that still small voice is like, don't speak, don't speak, just listen. You don't have to fix it. You're not the fixer. See, I like to fix things. I think guys like to, you know, oh, oh, what's that, babe? Oh, man, here, right here, I got, I got it for you. And they're like, I don't want your freaking list. I want you to listen to me right now. Just hear me. Just hug me. <laughs> and for someone whose love language isn't touched, oh, 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 that's right, that's right, just a hug, right? I thought I was supposed to fix stuff with my words. But see, my love language is words of affirmation. Affirm me, affirm me. <laughs> Hug me if you want, but affirm me. I need some words. And so it's learning each other's love languages. It's learning how we take, man, I just got this. Maybe for some of us, <laughs> I don't care if you've been married for 20 or 30 or 40 years, maybe it's finding your spouse's way. What is their, I know, now she's going to hold me to it, but <laughs> what is your spouse's way? Because their way isn't your way. If you think about most of the arguments that we have with our spouse is because we're like, they're just not getting it. Guess what? They're never going to get your way because that's your way, right? And sometimes we just want to get our way, don't we?
Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion. Think about this. Creative ways. Sometimes you have to be creative because it goes above and beyond your way to find their way and then encourage others, whether that's your children, your spouse, your friends, whatever relationship that you're in. Does that make sense? Did you receive that this morning? Would you stand with me? Just look at the person next to you and and say this. Repeat after me. You are unique. Only you can be you. And I want to help you find your way. What if we took that approach instead of trying to change people into our way? Which, it makes sense. Right? We love others with our love language. We see others through our personality traits and Enneagram and all those different things. But it takes hard work. It takes mindfulness. It takes deep thought to say, wow, what makes this person tick? What is their way? It starts with our children, but it can work in all relationships. Amen? Train up a child in his or her way, the way that is their way. And when they're old, they will live naturally within that way. Man, I want my kids to live naturally within their way. I want my friends to live naturally within their way. I want my colleagues to live naturally within their way. You know what happens when you live within your way? There's a sense of fulfillment. Sometimes we're, we're accomplishing goals that others have set rather than who we've been made to be. And I'm just learning this later in life, actually taking steps to do things I have a passion for, even in business, things that I love to do. And it's like, you're going to pay me to do something I love. It's never too late. Think about this. Sometimes it takes time to find our own way, like what our way is, because for years we've been told what our way should be. And maybe that's not who God's created us to be. Wow. Almost some wise words there. huh? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for relationship with you. Mm, There's nothing we can do to change it. There's really only two people in this world, people who know we're in relationship and people who don't yet. (laughs) That's awesome. That makes the gospel so much easier to share. pray this morning that these words weren't just words spoken by me but they're words that can move our hearts I know this even in my own life that that a heart change is so much more powerful than just a head thing or just doing what we're told to do because we think it's the right thing to do and that's the beautiful thing about your love father is that your love It transforms hearts, which in turn transforms our minds, which in turn transforms our thoughts, our actions, and our words. And so maybe there's parents here who have been struggling with, even maybe the system has labeled their child as a problem child. But maybe it's just learning to find their way. Maybe it's doing little things like, 
answering their question by asking a question, by giving them an invitation in the relationship. I, I know we live together and we're in the same household, but that doesn't mean that there's real, live, true relationship happening. So in these moments, even this morning, as I believe, Holy Spirit, you're working within our hearts, show us those blind spots, the things that we can't see, the things that maybe we neglected. And as you're helping us to find our way, I pray that you help us as, as parents to find our child's way and to bring them up in that so they can naturally work within it. Help us in our relationships with people to stop trying to change people and form them into many us's, <laughs> but to realize that their way is different than our way. How can we hear more, speak less, and help them find who they are? That's where true fulfillment comes in. Say this with me, Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Holy Spirit, if there's any area within me, something that I'm believing wrong, something that I'm doing wrong, reveal that to me. Not for shame, but to bring healing. And Jesus, I'm open. I invite you, I give you permission to heal those areas of my life. I desire wholeness. I desire deliverance. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.